Gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, service family members. My beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast, episode number 987, where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary or the Matthew Henry Commentary. My beloved, this podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 8 where it says Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The aim of this podcast, my beloved, is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and the world would be awakened and saved from the wrath of God to come and saved from the eternal burning hell by believing in the Savior of the world Jesus Christ who said the most loving most magnificent and most important words ever said in the history of the world when he said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life can you remember a day when you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and you met him as your Savior and he saved your soul and he changed your life in the words of the old black saints he picked you up and turned you around and started you on your way in him do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior 
not church membership that means nothing not uh, giving money to the church that means nothing God does not need your money for your salvation you don't have enough money Bezos does not have enough money to pay for salvation Elon Musk does not have enough money to pay for salvation it's not about your work for the church or for the Lord uh, that means nothing as far as your salvation is concerned you say I got baptized that's good but that does not save you you say I speak in tongues that's interesting but that does not save your soul has nothing to do with your salvation you say well preacher I shouted and ran through the church uh, you're gonna shout more than that and run more than that in hell that has nothing to do with your salvation you say well, one day preacher I had a tingle down my spine and down my leg that has nothing to do with your being born again. Have you ever heard of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, intentionally believed in him and believed his gospel that he suffered, he bled and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God? Did you believe in him that day? Did you believe in his gospel that day? And did he save your soul? And change your life? Now here's how you know whether or not you got saved. Your life has changed. In that, whereas before, you didn't think anything of your sins. You thought it was wrong, like I did when I was growing up, if, if people didn't sin with you. You, you, thought, you thought they were crazy. If they didn't run with you in your evil. Your goal in life was to sin. Uh, over and over again, and you didn't feel guilty about it at all. By nothing you did. But once you have met Jesus Christ and you have believed in him and received him into your heart, you will never be the same about sin. You will feel terribly guilty by just having an evil thought, by lusting after a fine woman, by saying a curse word, by... Uh, uh, You'll be concerned about even temptations. And you will feel guilty about any sin. You're very sensitive to sin if you're truly born again. It bothers you. Whereas before, it did not bother you. Sin did never bothered me before I got saved December the 19th, 1979. Like I told you, I thought something was wrong with you. You were messed up if you didn't sin with me. <clears throat> That's how wicked I was.
But after that day, when Jesus Christ came into my life, sin has bothered me to no end ever since I've been saved. I can't even have an evil thought. There's something on the inside of me. There's somebody on the inside of me besides me bringing conviction and bringing up some issues and bothering me and making me feel guilty until I confess it and repent of it. Because my fellowship with Jesus, with God, with the Holy Spirit is broken if I sin against God now. And I don't like that feeling at all. So that's how you know that you're saved. That's one of the uh, marks of a Christian. So do not tell me that you're saved and you're still living in fornication. That is having sex uh, freely without the benefit of marriage in God's sight. Don't tell me you're still you're saved and you're committing adultery and you're shacking up and you are a homosexual or a lesbian and it doesn't bother you. You have never been born again if that's happening. Or that you are a drunkard. You're, you're taking drugs that alter your mind that God gave you to use for his glory. My dear friend, you have never been born again. You may be a church member. You may have gotten baptized five times. You may have shouted and uh, ran around the church, jumped, spoken a million tongues. You're dying. You're going to die and go to hell if you don't re believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of your sins. All of that activity, giving of money, does not mean anything until, uh, as far as your being born again or being saved is concerned. So if you want to be saved, my dear friend, obey what Jesus Christ told you to do and mean it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He was speaking of himself. His name is Jesus Christ. Born of the Virgin Mary. That means that no man has sex with Mary before Jesus Christ was born. He was born of God. He is the Son of God. And he never sinned in word, thought, and deed so that he could die for our sins. His other name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. John the Baptist, his forerunner, said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus Christ proceeded to show the world that he is God in the flesh <clears throat> by walking on the water that he made.
He walked on the water because he made it. He was taking a nap one day on his ship. And everybody got all up in arms because a very bad storm hit while they were at sea. Jesus came out on the deck and said, Peace, be still. Translation, that means wind, be quiet. Waves, sit down. And the wind and the waves obeyed him. Which moved the disciples to say, What manner of man is this? Well, he's the Son of God, which means he is God. He broke up multiple funerals by raising the dead person out of the coffin. Why? Because he is the Son of God, which means that he is God. <clears throat> That's why the Jews killed him, because he said he was God. He was the Son of God, rather. And they understood that to mean that he was God in the flesh. The world met God in the flesh. He fed thousands with just a box of lunch from a little boy, miraculously. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He healed the blind and gave them sight. He healed the deaf and gave them the ability to hear. He healed what we used to call the dumb, those who could not speak and gave them the ability to speak. Nobody had to pay him any money. He never tried to raise a $1,000 seed offering for it. He did it freely. He went to the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. He had been dead for several days. And he came out in his mummy clothes and sat down and ate dinner with Jesus, Martha, and Mary. These are biblical historical facts. Nobody in their right mind would make these things up. Not only that, they could not make these things up. No human being could have, could have ever thought of this. So believe in him. He is the Son of God. He is the Savior of the world. You really don't. Just, just look around. Read the newspaper. You have no hope other than Jesus Christ. Believe in Him. That He suffered, He bled, and He died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day. call on his name, for the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ask him to save you. 
if you come to Jesus Christ, the Bible says he will in no wise cast you out. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friend, and thou you shall be saved. If you're willing to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and get saved today, pray with me the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I acknowledge and I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. For I am a sinner and I have broken your Ten Commandments. I have lied before. I've stolen things before. I have lusted in my heart after people and things before. I have coveted what other people have. I have dishonored and disobeyed my parents. I have dishonored and disobeyed you by taking your holy name in vain. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now, by your grace, believe in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to truly repent of my sins and turn from my wicked ways and follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the new life. For it is in your holy name, Lord Jesus Christ, I do pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, as I did over 43 years ago, uh, congratulations. If you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart, now to grow in God's grace and to become the Christian disciple that God wants you to be. I want you to go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book free of charge entitled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. It will give you the next steps in your Christian growth that will stabilize you and help you to be what God wants you to be. It will start you on your way if you do what it tells you to do.
based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible. Also, uh, email us at DW3, the numeral 3, at GospelLightSociety.com and let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you and send you some extra material as well. If you have a prayer request, you're going through a difficult time right now, uh, send that to the same email. And we will pray for you until we tell you to stop. Now, for those of you who just prayed that prayer with me and you got saved, uh, we're going to uh, resume our service already in progress, standing between the living and the dead service at the point of our Bible study and this will be your first Bible study after you uh, got saved so today beloved we're reading Malachi chapter 3 verse 14 ye have said it is vain to serve God and what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. That was Malachi 3.14. Now here is the sense of it or the understanding of it with the help of the Holy Ghost of God and the Bible knowledge commentary of Dallas Theological Seminary. The people said it is futile to serve God. <clears throat> futile may also be translated vain. It is vain to serve God and we have many people in the church who believe like this today. Many prosperity gospel preachers and people and many former prosperity gospel preachers and people believe this. I say former because God has killed the prosperity gospel through the coronavirus plague. Ironically, the people, in a sense, were indicting themselves, saying their own worship and service of the Lord was empty, vain, useless, and without result. Hence, they felt they gained no benefits from serving God. They asked, what did we gain by serving God? What is in it for me. They presumed they had been faithful to God carrying out his requirements and they presumed they had repented of their misdeeds going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty. They thought all that remained was for God to fulfill his part 
of his bargain and blessed them. <clears throat> they were subtly suggesting that God was not keeping his promises, that God was not keeping up with his end of the deal. The problem, of course, was not on God's side. Malachi had already demonstrated that God was responding to them in accord with the covenant. However, his response was not in the form of blessing which they desired. Two reasons explain this. Number one, the people's hearts were not right with God. And that is the case today. They were disobedient. And their hearts were not right with God. That's the main thing. See, when your heart is not right with God, you're not going to do right by people. And you're not going to do right, period. One of the things that I've told my wife over our 34-year marriage is you just need to get your heart right with God. You don't need to focus on this one little thing here and this one little thing here, this thing. Get your heart right with God permanently. And all of that will go away. And I say the same thing to you. Number two, some of the people who made the complaint were guilty of the myopic legalism that eventually led to Jewish Phariseeism in the first century A.D. This legalism concentrated on performing certain rigorous activities and not doing other things as the means of vindicating themselves before God. In other words, they would do some religious activities but not live it out behind the scenes, making them hypocrites. But this actually stifled the full expression of inner righteousness required by God because God looks on the heart. God is like the police officers and the police investigators. They're concerned about the motive. Why you are doing what you're doing. Thus their works would not be accepted as proper covenant obedience. God requires external obedience, but it must stem from the heart. And this, my dear friend, this obedience is not to vindicate one's own righteousness, but to manifest God's righteousness. It's all about God and His glory, praise, and honor not your glory, praise, and honor. Believers today are in a much better position than Old Testament saints because those in the body of Christ have received the permanently indwelling Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, who can overcome the flesh in manifesting the righteousness of God. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your gospel that has been preached.
Thank you, Lord, for the souls that have been saved. Thank you for your holy word that uh, takes us deeper and helps us to understand uh, what life is all about and what the Christian life is all about and what it should be. And so, Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Help us to take heed to your Holy Word, to love it, to cherish it, to obey it, and to apply it to our lives. For those of us who are preachers, to give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of your Holy Word. And so that others can hear the gospel so that they can be saved. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Scripture and the Sense podcast. Please remember to read the Word of God, the Holy Bible, each and every day of your life and pray without ceasing to God about everything and for wisdom to understand His Word and apply it to your life. Most importantly, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou, you, shalt be saved. Please stay tuned for a complete presentation of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can get your soul saved from hell to that wonderful place called heaven when you die. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer. Now, dear friends, if you're with us today and you do not know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Allow me to show you how you can place your faith and trust in Him, Jesus Christ, for your soul's salvation from sin and hell. First, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's laws. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have failed God. We're all guilty before God. You do not have the right to look down your nose at others. You're just as wicked as others. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty, there is a punishment for sin always. You will be paid for your sins one day. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Our payday someday is death to these beautiful bodies, death to so many things before you die, death to marriages, death to relationships, uh, death to material things. You will experience a thousand deaths before you die because of sin. But ultimately you will die physically, your body will be put in a cold dark grave and that ought to be frightening because it is frightening. But more frightening is that your soul, if it dies without Christ, will go to a burning hell to spend eternity in a dark place, even though there's fire. You say, Preacher, I don't believe that a loving God would put people in the hell where Jesus Christ, the loving and lowly one, preached more on hell than he did about heaven. Jesus Christ, the loving one and the lowly one, preached more on hell than any prophet in the Bible. He said, 
in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Also the Bible says in Revelation 21, 8, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Whatever you do, don't experience the second death because it's bad news. Hell is bad news, but I have good news for you. You don't have to go to hell. Jesus suffered and bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day, and he said these words to you before he left here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shalt be saved. Pray and ask Jesus Christ to save your soul and to come into your heart and change your life. He will do it. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered and bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose again, and you're ready to trust him as your Savior, pray and ask him to save you, and he will. I'll be glad to lead you in prayer in what is called the sinner's prayer or the prayer of salvation. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. I am guilty because I have broken your Ten Commandments, your law. I've taken your holy name in vain. I've dishonored and disobeyed and disrespected my own parents. I have lied many times before. I have lusted after people and things and what others have. I've stolen things before. Uh, so Lord, that's five to six commandments I've already broken out of your Ten Commandments. And so please have mercy and grace upon me. For your Holy Son's sake, Jesus Christ, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart the best way that I know how. In the Lord Jesus Christ. That he suffered and he bled and he died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose again. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and save my soul. And change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of my sins past and help me to turn from my evil ways 
In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you, dear friend, congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my pamphlet titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. And Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Dear friend, if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, Please email me at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good until next time. Now, I may be traveling here over the next few days, and, uh, but I will resume preaching as soon as I get back, and I will do some preaching while I'm on the road. So thank you so much for your prayers. Please continue to pray for us, and we will continue to pray for you. God bless you. Until next time.